Linux Outloud is firing up our microphones, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expound upon. We keep the banner friendly, the conversation mostly on topic, and have fun doing it. This week we are spouting off about all the hardware. Let's get into episode 75. So with me is my fantastic only other co-host right now because I get a lot of flack for not showing up. Apparently Nate has this problem as well now too. It must be something between us because Wendy always shows up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always here. You can rely on me. But Nate's (laughs) probably busy doing something. I know last time he was gone for a while, he was hunting Pokemon. So maybe he's off on the hunt again. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I was going to say, as much as I know the new job's probably keeping Nate busy, so like uh, as much flack as I always enjoy poking at Nate, (laughs) I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for once. Oh, maybe. Just this once. So, how are you doing, Wendy? I'm doing pretty gosh dang good. And this show is definitely all about the hardware. And I've recently picked up some new hardware. So, see, I've got no wire. Woohoo! No wire on my headphones these this week. And I've been consistently having a wire. Not that wired isn't horrible, though there are times when, especially when Nate's here and you guys are talking about stuff, and I'm like, mm, gotta run to the bathroom. Instead of stopping the show, I just <laughs> go. But I can hear what's going on, and it's not that big of a deal. That's really, really hard to do when you're wired. And I've been using a Wi-Fi dongle for, I don't know, forever. But since we built the kids' computer, they've been stealing my Wi-Fi dongle and I've been on my own. So unless I need it for a very short period of time, it's been in on the living room system for the kids to use. And for other reasons as well, I decided it was time to solve this issue with not having Bluetooth. And I was also needing a Wi-Fi card. Like I said, I will talk to you about that later. But I'd originally ordered some USB Wi-Fi adapters, got them here, and it didn't work. And I was like, crap, I should have done more research, you know, which ones are going to work in Linux and which ones aren't. I really don't want to have to install a driver. And with the ones I had, I saw some, yeah, they were, well, they were TP-Link. So I'm guessing they were real tech. Which they stopped supporting at 4.4 for the kernel. At least a kernel. So so everything, speaking from experience, everything's out of kernel form now, which is maddeningly annoying because then if it doesn't build, especially on Arch. (laughs) Yeah, you're in trouble. And I I really don't want to deal with that. I really don't want to deal with that. And so I went ahead and sent them back and started looking at another solution, Wi-Fi cards specifically. And I came across a form, one of the help forms where somebody else was asking, what Wi-Fi mm-hmm. card do I use to get to work for Linux? And they were saying Intel, get Intel ones and specifically the AX200 or the AX210s. So I started looking into those And there was so many different options with these Intel ones, whether you were getting them for PCIe or a different way of connecting them. There was lots of different options. And the ones that I ended up coming across and buying are the Wi-Fi 6E AX210 chipsets. These have not only Wi-Fi as part of them, but they also have a built-in Bluetooth part of these. And I was like, this is so cool because if I get one for my system and I get one for the kids' system, then we're no longer dealing with Wi-Fi dongles and our Bluetooth should be way better than it currently is because, uh, to be fair, with that dongle that I had, Bluetooth was a little bit sketchy. (laughs) They showed up yesterday. And I was thinking I was going to have to clean the kids' computer, too. They showed up, opened up the kids' computer, which has been set up since spring of this year. And it was actually really pretty gosh dang clean inside. Popped in the Wi-Fi Bluetooth chip, fired it back up, and yep, everything works. You had Bluetooth from the beginning. It was seeing my 
Wi-Fi network, no big deal. Didn't have to do anything to it. It just worked. Mm -hmm. And then I went to install the chip in my system and I should have my butt kicked because my computer was disgusting. I knew it was bad. I knew it was dirty. I knew I needed to clean it, but I had it kind of tucked in the corner. So my main monitor I'm standing in front of right now and the way I had my desk arranged before, my tower was actually back behind that monitor. I've had to do some switching, trying to make cameras and lighting and stuff work better. That's a whole different story. I didn't put it back in that corner because obviously I didn't clean it when I was supposed to because it was too hard to get to. I took a picture of the dirt and no, I will not share that because I am incredibly embarrassed about the state that my system was in. So that's all cleaned out. The chip is installed and once I was able to fire it up, it just worked. So while I'm currently not running an Intel system in general, I am so thankful for the stuff that Intel's done and what they have put into the kernel. So it was just a one-stop, have the PCIe card, plug it in, put the antennas on the back, and I'm good to go. And speaking of someone who kind of went through a similar issue, um, mm. before I got rid of my tower tower, like my built, I built myself tower, uh, I had similar issues where a kernel update, like the, the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi dongle Bluetooth adapter thing that I had just stopped working. It just wouldn't work anymore. Didn't matter how much I how much you tried it. So I ended up going the same route you did. I went with the PCIe uh, Intel cards. And yeah, it's kind of gangly seeing the, the antenna stick out the back a little bit, but if you have if you have it, like if you're an aesthetics person, I'm just saying. <laughs> Which is weird because I'm usually all about, you know, make it look pretty. But right. um, it, for me, it was just one of those. It was the lowest barrier to entry because I was like, well, I know Intel does all this stuff for Linux. So I was like, well, here we go. Might as well try it. And you know what? It was a fantastic experience because literally I plugged that card in the same experience you had. All the stuff that I couldn't connect to before, but I could see all worked. And it was like, oh, awesome. hey, type it type in my esoteric password and you know off i go that was it there was no current there was no kernel stuff i needed to do there was no like knowing like oh is it you know art is it an rtk you know eight eight two you know whatever whatever real tech thing right like is yes like what i'm dealing with with like with the atari vcs stuff like as an example <laughs> so yeah. it, I, I definitely understand the kind of the frustration that can happen with that so that's uh that's really cool that you were able to get that in particular issue straightened out and whatnot and thanks to intel specifically for uh you know making those in the kernel yes absolutely it's absolutely amazing and if you are building a computer if you need wi-fi or bluetooth and you want it just built into the system not a dongle because at this point my usb spots on my computer are prime real estate I don't have room to have extra dongles hanging out anyway. So this was an amazing way to get exactly what I needed and in a plug and play fashion. So if you need a Wi-Fi Bluetooth chip, I highly recommend using the Intel ones. Super sweet in Linux. If you have a laptop or whatever, generically the generically i'm not saying always because you know a lot of oems like glue and stuff nowadays unfortunately and screws and opening things to you know break it you open it when you try to open it kind of stuff uh definitely look at the intel i think it's essentially like the m2 to uh m2230 sized wi-fi adapters as well because intel makes those because i've looked at replacements for certain internal computers but if you're if usb is your only alternative for whatever reason you know it, that's just what it is um there is a car uh, there's a wi-fi adapter that's ac i think it's 1300 if i remember it's a cutty ac ac 1300 but it gives you out of the box experience nice and it nice. runs like maybe 15 bucks give or take so it's not super Ooh. expensive 
So yeah. um, I do have a link to that in. I'll put that in the show notes for uh, Amazon and stuff. It it Perfect. you can usually you can usually find it cheaper. They usually have them like refurb for like seven dollars. Like you can get some really killer deals for that. Yeah, wow. I'm just saying what my I'm just saying what my experience is on Garuda. So take that with a grain of salt. If, if uh, because it uses uh, it uses different things, so I'm just saying. But <clears throat> so, but from my experience, what I've used it on, it just kind of works out of the box, and I don't have to fight and f- fuss with it and all the other nonsense that I've had to in the past. So, uh, yeah, I definitely understand that frustration, though. So, how mu- how much did those cards cost you? They were just under thirty dollars a piece, so still not, not bad. Yeah, for for internal hardware for like a desktop, that that's super cheap mm-hmm. actually, because I, I think I paid. I think I played close to 50 for the one I bought when I still had my tower. So that that's actually a really good deal, honestly. Come down. Yeah, come down yeah, quite a bit so. since then, which is awesome. But you are definitely dropping some money on some really <laughs> curb hardware here. You picked up a new-to-you phone. It's a new phone, refurbished. I have <laughs> never heard of this brand before. So when you shared it in our team discord chat i was a little curious i had to go look up some specs you've now unboxed it you have your sim card in it how's it working what do you think so for those that don't know essentially the short version is uh my prior phone was a blue bold n2 screen and everything still works sort of the digitizer on the screen however (laughs) does not work (laughs) just I don't know what happened. Like, there, there's no crack in the screen. Just like, I dropped it, picked it up, went to poke at it, or done system. I've tried everything. Just doesn't work no more. I was like, um, sh- short version. Uh, I really, really actually like the phone overall. Um, I haven't had it long enough to give, like, a full, like, take on the actual device. But there, there are nice things. I know Nate abhors the, uh, AMOLED screens to no end. Um, this thing is super bright. I'm not going to lie. Performance for the most part has been pretty snappy. Uh, I, I was a little worried cause I was on eight gigs of Ram and Android and Ram are kind of, <laughs> they, uh, the more Ram is better for Android and I'll put it that way. Um, it's a lot like windows. They're a bit of a Ram hog. So if the more you've got that buffer zone, it's definitely helpful. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so it has six gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of like internal storage that ships with it, and it supports a SD card. But it also has this weird thing that not a lot of phones know nowadays. It's got that port up on the top that I think takes a lot of courage to to add to a phone nowadays, as opposed to living that dongle life. Um, so. <laughs> I have missed mine so much. That's one of the things that when I went from the Motorola phones that we'd been using, the Z-Line, which they no longer made, which is part of the reason why we jumped shipped from the Z-Line, to my OnePlus, I super missed my Mm -hmm. phone part. So I was actually using one of the old phones for quite a while as my book phone because I do listen to audiobooks at night when I can't sleep. And I used that one until the battery was like, I'm going to explode if you don't stop using me. So I was forced to stop using that one and forced to get a dongle. So now I have one. I don't love it. I would love, absolutely love to have a headphone jack again. I don't understand why they were getting rid of them. So the short version is... um this was a refurb, as you had mentioned. I did not buy this off specifically Amazon or any other direct from... Well, actually, that's the kicker. It is directly from the manufacturer. This refurb is directly from the manufacturer via eBay. I had a very strict budget. I was going to go with the upgraded blue and bold and 3 They had it for $199 as an introductory price for the new launch. However, when I went to go buy it, it was... I was like, no. (laughs) So this is like very much like PC shopping or computer shopping or hardware shopping. You make your compromises. So I was looking at the spec overall and I was like, okay, there's the trade-offs. It's like headphone jack. Cool. You know, SD card. 
cool. Good size storage internally. Awesome. No stupid camera bump. It's flush with the actual phone. <laughs> that is even harder to find than a headphone jack now, I think. It, it is. So aesthetically for me, that made this much more pleasing to me. Now, it comes with the kind of the crappy, you know, gel foam case and stuff, but whatever. Mm. Um but overall, the performance has been pretty good. It's got the always-on display, which I kind of like. It's a very old-school kind of Motorola. Uh, I believe it was the Moto X that was the first one. The first ones to actually have that one. They did a lot of the, hey, Google, and set time alarms and all that crap. Uh, I think so. I had a Moto X. So. Man, that, that's making me feel old now when it comes to phones. <laughs> um, so I, I overall, know. overall, I've enjoyed it thus far. Um, it, there's some nice little touches. I'm not a, f- it doesn't come with a lot of bloatware, but like certain Google crab stuff that I don't use <laughs> is really annoying because you can't disable it and you can't uninstall it. So it's like, the, there's just certain things that they have that you can't get rid of, but like they default ship with like Facebook and default ship with like Netflix. But, right. but, but the nice thing, and I'll give them credit to this. You can uninstall that crap, and it's not hard locked to the actual phone. So nice. I will give them credit on that. Um, it just comes with a lot of Google stuff that I personally don't use, so that it kind of annoying. Um, updates. I don't know what the security update is because I haven't actually looked at it. I do know it's up to Android twelve, and it is supposed to be getting Android thirteen. So for me, my Blue Bowl then two was stuck on Android eleven. They were giving me security oh. update. They were stuck on. They were giving me security updates, so I'll give them credit where it's due. But on the same note, I would also like some of the newer, <laughs> newer features and functions at some point. Right. But overall, I enjoy the phone. Um, I like the build. I like the the presentation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, overall, it's it it's good. Um, the fact that it was under two hundred dollars, it was a hundred. I think it was one hundred ninety one. Like after everything, for at least what I paid for it. Oh. And camera people, like I don't know the aperture, like off the top of my head and all that stuff. But like a fifty pe- megapixel, then it's a sixteen megapixel super. Then it's got the two macros, which I just uh, I don't care about. Don't and use, then the yeah. and then the front is a thirty two selfie, four um, K video. For recording, wow. which is basically the biggest thing. And then there's like a bunch of pro modes that almost rival kind of a Sony phone from what I've seen in the in the camera app. So um, really, really cool stuff like that. That's a lot of why I really picked it and the price. So and the price. Yes, it's yeah. it, yes, it's a phone from 2021. I will. I'm not unaware of that, but the phone I got prior was from late 2022 and yeah you know it's a it's always a compromise like what's your budget what's like i would love to get insert new you know iphone 15 well no not iphone but (laughs) 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 just we've gone down matt has gone down the iphone and ipad and apple ecosystem route before and while i can survive in it Boy, is it painful as a like a multi-platform user. Yeah, that's a hard no. Yeah, that's definitely a hard no from you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but overall, for a two hundred dollars phone uh, and with the update process, I'm not with the fact that they're giving at least two updates to it. I, I'm a little more inclined to look at TCL phones now. Now, for those that don't know, TCL phones are um, it, it's from TCL, the guys that make you know TVs and monitors. So. They put a real big emphasis on the screen, ironically. I mean, why would a TV right. company do that? Uh, but No. <laughs> but uh, they also made a lot of the phones for, like, Alcatel. They made um, the BlackBerry Android phones. Those were all rebranded TCL phones. So oh. they are not un- unfamiliar with, like, the phone aspect of stuff. They are just going in with their own brand now. So, like, the 20 series is like kind of like their... Upper mid range, so like it's almost hitting the the you know flagship yeah. of stuff, but it's not at that price because like when this came out, I think this was five hundred bucks. 
which in in the grand scheme of phones nowadays, that's actually. <laughs> yeah, that's not like. bad in the grand scheme of phones. And I had never heard of them before. Like I'd mentioned that I'd never. Well, I had heard of them in the TV market and the monitor market, but I'd never heard of them in the phone market. We were talking a little bit before we started the show and Magneto is in need of a phone again. His is coming up on two years old. Magneto is hard on phones, and it is definitely starting to have some issues. So this is one of the ones that I might throw his direction. I am not picking out Magneto's phone. I did that last time, and he has not been a fan of the OnePlus. So I will drop him a few options and then he can pick his own phone, decide which one he wants. That's totally on him. But I like the price range. One of the things that we loved about the Motorola phones that we were getting is they felt top tier, but we weren't paying a top tier price for them. And I would like to find something else. OnePlus used to be that way, but they're definitely not that way anymore. You are paying a top tier price for their phones. And I just don't like dishing out that much money for a phone. It doesn't seem right, especially where there are lines out there where you can get awesome specs, great functionality, and not have to deal with that massive price tag. Yeah, because if you look at phones like, and these aren't phones that generically come to the U.S., but if you look at phones like the Poco phones, as an example, like the Poco, I think the big, first biggest one that came over had a very OnePlus, old school OnePlus mentality where it was top spec, but like the design was, eh, it was utilitarian at best. I think a lot of that's missing nowadays when it comes to like the the phone market specifically. Um, another, I know another phone that has um, probably not meant for Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> that I can think of is uh, I think it's the was it the Nothing Two from the company called Nothing, which they they've done earbuds and they've done um, a, a prior phone, but it has some interesting stuff uh, that he might like, and I think the price is like five hundred ish. Wow! But, but they go for software experience, so it's not like super top tier. It's more you know mid range and like the spec stuff. But if you look for, like, they're more worried about, like, how snappy the overall, like, mm -hmm. you know, very elementary OS almost kind of in their approach. Gotcha. Like, they're, gotcha. they're more concerned about making that snappy kind of experience with it. So, definitely so probably not a if you're wanting a snappy phone that you're not rooting and roaming because you're going to mess with their experience, but something within a budget as well, that's a line to go down. Because I know one of the downsides of some of those budget phones is because they're typically working with less RAM, not as great CPUs, that that experience can be lackluster at best and downright hard to use at worst. So that's interesting to see that there's a line that really tailors the OS on their phones to the hardware that they're able to put in it and still give it to you at a pretty good price. Yeah, uh, as well... Kind of to go along with Ryan's portion of stuff, you know, where he recently reviewed the uh, Fairphone 4, Four. 5G. God, man, I'm trying to remember some of these <laughs> naming conventions. I really liked the review and uh, like his take on it and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, and seeing Ryan actually put a, a, a live sim from his current, you know, ironically Google phone. <laughs> <laughs> Though it is not running straight Google. So there is that. I, well, yeah, the Fairphone isn't. <laughs> well, neither was his um, Pixel that he was showing. It was currently running. I can't remember what it was, was it, but it was something was it that... I, it might it have was been graphene. graphene. It was currently Graphene, and he was having some struggles with Graphene OS. I've never run Graphene myself. I'm running Lineage currently. I have run EOS but it's been a little while since I have, and I didn't think it was available for my phone at the time that I was doing some rooting and roaming. EOS does have some amazing features. Even if you're not picking up a fair phone, you're maybe picking up an older phone that you're going to root and rom. If EOS is available for it, definitely think about adding that one to it. Because uh, I had been looking at phones kind of on and off sporadically for like the last couple of months. Because um, um, everyone knows I like weird tech and just in general. Um, 
So I was looking at like the the Planet uh, Cosmo Communicator um, by from mm. Planet Computer. Um, I was looking at the the Titan um, from Unihertz. I was looking at trying to think of some of the other oddball phones I was looking at. I was looking at like phones with keyboards and stuff, like very Droid Four style kind of. Just because. Wow. I I'm a BlackBerry guy. Like I I, I I've always. I'm a live or die by the keyboard, and I hate virtual keyboards mm-hmm. to no end. No tactile feedback, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I can go on yeah. and on about that. But um, the thing I liked about some of those specific phones was that, oh, I want to see if I can actually live and have these as, like, consumer-ready Ubuntu touch phones. Mm. And the Fairphone was interesting to me because it was, A, repairable. B, you could, you know, root and ROM and do all the other things to it. It does ship with EOS, which I do like, but it was also a consume according to the UbiPorts phone selector, you know, supported stuff. It is a consumer ready device. And that oh. to me was really interesting because as as far as phones and stuff, I'm I'm pretty low key as far as like what I need from a phone. It's like, can I access my bank and can I access like a few apps? And that's realistically all i need yeah 90 percent of the stuff i can do from a web browser because i'm not gonna lie 90 percent of the time i prefer the web browser experience over the mobile experience nine times out of ten <laughs> yeah yeah but uh so yeah it, it, it's definitely interesting as far as the tech and stuff in that regard though i look forward to as you're using it longer because this just showed up you just started using it to see what that long-term role is for you does it start to slow down more does the hardware burn out pretty quickly that's something that i'm curious if it works really well maybe our next phones will be tlc phones what i will say is the one thing i tcl not the band not the band not the band i guess when he does it Check out my phone. It's chasing waterfalls. Um. <laughs> let, let me go get you the green scouring pad so you can say, don't give me no scrubs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, my God. Um, I will say it was interesting going back to an Android 10 phone because I was using my old Sonom uh, XP8, uh, XP80 or 8, 800, whatever. One of those numbers. The, the big bulky like utilitarian like first responder phone that I had but that's only got four gigs of RAM on it and running Android 10 was a that was an experience <laughs> one I would prefer not mm-hmm. to repeat I mean it was functional I can't say what well, I couldn't do what I needed to but like just a, there's a certain level where it's like okay like it, you, you can do it come on you know it's kind of like yeah. using like an old like it's like using like a Chromebook almost to me where it was like, I can do it. It's just, it doesn't feel great. It's <laughs> not an enjoyable how... experience. It's not something you wanted to stay working with long-term. It was how fast cause I find something that fits in my budget that fits what I need and get off of this device. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a great backup phone in case something happens because it's like, it is about as a tank built as you can get, but like spec, Nah, I wouldn't Not go with fun. that. Not fun. Speaking of specs and all that stuff, though, uh, seems like certain specs are not being met by uh, what people are telling you, Wendy. Yeah, it has been a real struggle the last couple weeks with my local internet service provider. So I had jumped from the plan that I was on, a plan that they weren't actually offering, which if I remember correctly was 20 down and five up. And I was paying quite a bit of money for this plan and internet speed slowed, you know, whole long story, got on the phone with them. They say, Hey, we can jump you up. Not going to be that much more. I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. Because at this time, I was knowing that I was going to be starting doing video editing. Not just for Linux Out Loud, but for quite a few other shows on the network as well. So those faster speeds were going to make a huge difference. 
that first couple weeks, oh my gosh, everything was running so smooth. Uploads were happening fantastically, but these audio files were taking forever, absolutely forever to upload. And I'm now like an hour and 40 minutes into this happening. And I know it's getting close. And I called the internet company. I'm like, hey, you know what's going on? Why is this taking so long? And she did some different stuff back and forth. And I was like, well, maybe it'll work faster now. Maybe it'll work better. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to test it because at that time, everything was done. I had the files all put together, things ready to send to Michael for DL so that show could go up. And this was also a really large file. So that file that I sent to Michael was probably close to five gigs, 4.7 gigs, pretty big. And I'm supposed to be on a 50 by 10 plan. So 50 down, 10 up. I start uploading this file and once again, it is taking forever. It's taking forever to upload. So I call her back up again, customer service. They are thankfully have 24 hour customer service. And I'm like, no, I'm still having extremely slow internet speeds and this isn't working. So she's like, okay, I will send this up the line to my manager and such. That file didn't finish uploading to Michael until like I don't know, maybe one, two in the morning. Like it, it ran for a long flipping time. It ran for a long, long time. Text message from tech support and they wanted me to, get this, they wanted me to reset my router. Okay, I don't wanna reset my router. I've got lots of devices in this house. All of the kids have their own devices media streaming, all kinds of stuff. I do not want to reset the router. One thing I don't like about this company is my internet service is tacked to the MAC address on my router. So I can't just pull the cord out of the back of the router, pop it into my desktop and see if that fixes things. So I send a message back to customer service and I'm like, before we reset the router, let's do a bypass. Let's connect it to my desktop. Let's see what's going on. And I was actually getting pretty distant speeds on the speed test with them. So I wasn't really thinking that it was an issue in there. So did the bypass, ran the speed test, and yeah, it, it's looking pretty dang close to what it was before on my router. That's what I thought, it's not my router. And she's like, yeah, your speeds are actually looking pretty good. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, they are there, but they're not good in the real world. And she's like, what do you mean in the real world? And I'm like, okay. I've got to send this file to this client. It's large and it's dropping me down between less than one to about three megabits per second when I'm supposed to be pulling 10. So this file is taking forever with an average speed of one and a half megabits per second. Do you know how long it takes to upload an almost five flipping gig file when it's running at one and a half megabits per second on average? It takes forever and it makes me really frustrated if you can't tell. So <laughs> it's only like, you know, what, four and a half, five hours to upload yeah. it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Who needs a weekend? I don't. So. Um, as I'm telling her this, she's like, oh, yeah, that file is way bigger than your 50 megabit plan. And so basically she was telling me that they were throttling me back because the file size was so much larger than the plan that I had. I can't get a larger plan from them. I tried to get a larger plan from them. And based on the tower and everything else going on, the tech told me that I shouldn't have had the plan that I was on, that 50 by 10. So she told me, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, no, this is exactly what's supposed to be happening. It's going to take you forever to upload the files. Congratulations and good luck. And I, I, was, I was livid. Now what am I supposed to do? And I did. I started looking into other internet service providers all around. And unfortunately, my current local ISP, this is the best that I can get. They are the fastest. They are the cheapest for what I can get in my local area. Now you have to keep in mind that I live in the country. I also live in Idaho that is covered in volcanic rock. Like Idaho, big chunk of the West, is just one big flipping lava rock or granite. So burying line and getting it to people is not the easiest thing to do in a lot of cases as well. Paying $115 a month 
for 15 by 10 and not actually getting that 10 megabits up when I need it, which of course I'm not expecting to get the full 10 all the time, but if it was running at seven megabits per second, I would have been happy. I would have been completely and totally happy, but no. And checking my ISP's website, they're like, we don't throttle. Uh, hmm. Yeah, words there, words there. So I contacted Bill because Bill is the network guy for networks. And I was like, is this okay for them to do? Is this something that's within bounds? And he's like, yeah, it's something that they can do. And when I'm thinking about it, yeah, it's definitely something that they're doing because these towers are very easily congested. It's a line of sight kind of internet service issue thing. And so if I'm using all of my bandwidth on this one upload, then potentially we're pulling too much. I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure all of that works, but they're throttling. And my only other option is to go with Starlink. Only other option. And I've been putting this off for a long time. I've been thinking about it, but putting it off for a long time because of that initial hardware cost. One of the biggest downsides about Starlink is you have to use their initial router it doesn't have an ethernet cable. Like who in the heck does not put an ethernet jack on a flipping Wi-Fi router? Yeah, I've got some complaints there too. So <laughs> I have to initially do the setup. Then from there, once I have an account, I can go ahead and order the ethernet adapter and then hook it up to my other Wi-Fi and have ethernet because I'm not running everything off Wi-Fi. I'm doing my best not to run everything off Wi-Fi. On the upside, Starlink has estimated speeds on their map now for your area. So it's gonna be $120 a month for me and I should be getting download speeds between 44 and 134 megabits per second. Well within range of what I've had and way faster than what I've had. And their upload speed is supposed to be between nine and 17 megabits per second. So currently what I'm paying for with potentially faster with a latency of 44 to 16 milliseconds. So with what I've got right now, I'm gonna be paying $5 more and having so much better speeds in general. It just has to get installed. So we're recording this on September 27th. You will be getting this show on October 11th. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, there's a two week gap there. So by the time we get together next, it'll be installed for roughly a week and a half, maybe two weeks. By the time that I'm able to talk to you again, I know that was an incredibly long internet hardware issue story, but that's where we are. We're installing Starlink. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because you've talked about getting Starlink for, you know, at least a year that I can remember off the top of my head. Like it, yeah. Like when it became more widely available, that is a design <laughs> problem. It's like, we don't need no stinking wires. It's like, uh, now we kind of do. <laughs> uh, not, yeah. That delay range is actually not bad at all. Considering that's what most gamers are going to end it. Like that's in gamer latency territory there. So that's not something that I would really complain about as far as the latency either. And that, while there is a bigger gap in your, I guess you could say range of what your base Speeds. and what your top is, it's still better. Your base is almost as close as to what your current tap out is. So it doesn't really matter. And for exactly, for, so you have a potentially higher threshold for better speeds for five bucks a month. I was like, it's yeah, unfortunately some, you know, annoying hardware work that you have to do to get it there. But it's it's almost the headache and the extra five bucks a month is probably worth it in the long run. It's definitely going to be worth it. And this is really the push that I needed in order to go ahead and do that. I was trying to stick with local ISPs for one. I didn't want to go ahead and do that large hardware purchase. It's one of the downsides of going with Starlink is having to put that investment into the hardware up front. But really it comes down to I don't have any other choice. If I want to continue video editing for the network, I need another solution in order to be able to do that and have a life instead of just babysitting my system, waiting for things to upload. And as you know, like 
my office is also my bedroom and that means my computer is sometimes running all night long in here as I'm waiting for stuff to upload. I love my computer system, but it is a flipping heater and I don't want it on in here all of the time. Like the room gets hot enough while I'm working and doing things and stuff. I don't want that additional heat output. And like I said, I would like to have a life. I would like to be able to finish all my uploads, finish all my processing and get back to it. And it's not just for the network that I'm doing videos now. I'm also doing some for the team so that they can be working on different coding things or that kind of stuff when we're not together. Hey, here's some things to do. This is how this works. Now go run and play with it and doing that in a video fashion. So we'll see how it goes. I will be talking to you about what the rest of the install looks like. And I did find something on Thingiverse to help. So this is actually going to be going in the wall. So the cable passes through here and it's got this handy dandy little cap so you can seal it all up and make it work. I will share a link to this thing on Thingiverse that I've printed. I did print it out of PETG because it will be seeing the sun and so it does have to hold up to UV light. But this should make the cable pass through the wall a heck of a lot better and then be able to seal this and if we need to move it, change things around then we can break this loose instead of everything else or just the wires that's attached inside the wall. So that, that's what I'm doing. That's where it'll be. And I will fill you in more as we get there. I'm not the only one who has failing going on, but thankfully yours is not your internet provider. You've just used the SD card in your Steam Deck way too much. Yeah, well, when you got a, uh, hold on, I'll tell you in one second. Uh, library, Steam, how big are you currently? Um, last I looked, it was 1,113 games. Wow, wow. <laughs> Holy wow. So, wow. the SD card I had was from when I originally bought the Steam Deck. So, we're talking... April 2022, give or take, or in September of 2023, almost October by the time this comes out. Um, so when you're writing 40, 50 gig games and deleting them to make space and then downloading other games that are another 40, 50 gigs, and then some are even like, there's one that I have on my main SSD that is 94 gigs for a game. <laughs> So it's just one of those read, write, read, write, read, write, read, write, all that constant read, writing and deleting and, you know, making space and shifting stuff around. And sometimes I'll download a game, I'll play a little bit of it. And it's like, yeah, I really don't want this on here. And it's like, cause I very much use the steam deck as a, as a console. So like, that's just my mentality. Unfortunately, when you don't remember that SD cards have a very limited read, write life, <laughs> especially with games and files that large uh it was time to buy a new one because i went to i think i re rebooted the steam deck because there was an update for steam os um and i'm i only run on the stable channel as far as like the base os i don't run on the beta channels for the the um, but the only thing that i use that's beta-esque is either proton ge or i use um Proton Experimental. Like, that's as far as I go with, like, the experimental stuff. Um, so I rebooted it, applied the update, and Steam only detected, like, 14 of the 47 games I had installed. And I was like, what's going on here? So I went through the whole rigmarole of, like, okay, I went on the Steam Deck, went to desktop mode, and I looked at it. And it's like, I can still access the card. I can still see the data on the card. And I'm like, okay, so this is probably a permissions issue. Well, I tried changing permissions. Doesn't change permissions. I've tried drag and drop. I have tried basically every single thing that you would normally do, you know, CH own, CH mod, all the, all the stuff you would normally do to change permissions on, on a external drive because it, for some reason the ownership changed to, to, to root or whatever. None of them worked. And I've tried it on the Steam Deck. I've tried it on my uh, tablet. PC that I have that also runs Linux or it's just like nothing would allow me to change the read write on it at all. 
Didn't matter if, and it showed up under owner or root for that particular card. So like I owned it, I had all the permissions for it and it just wouldn't work. So, and for those that are going to be like, Oh, is, you know, um, the, the adapters usually have like the put and re- read, write mode only kind of stuff on the, um, micro SD card adapters for like to make them full SD cards. Uh, this is using micro SD as micro SD. <laughs> so it wouldn't, it, um, because the tablet has a SD card reader that is very much in the vein of, um, a cell phone one. So you have to poke at it and unplug it and all that crap. Every single one would not work. I don't know why I didn't. After about an hour of it, I was just like, I just, I just don't care. I'm like, so there's going to be two things, but they're going to be going over the steam deck. I'm going to be upgrading the internal SSD again. Uh, right now I do have a 512 that I installed like a month or so after I had the uh, Steam Deck, uh, which the prices on those at that time were, they're not expensive, but they weren't cheap. It was like 50 bucks right. for it. But you're talking like a dollar a gig almost, which not ideal for what games cost as far as storage space. Uh, so I'll be upgrading that. But I also got a new SD card. And because of that, I'm like, well... I'm going to see where the Steam Deck sits currently with games, and I'm going to be looking at content and see how that goes, because I'm going to be looking at, like, oh, how well does this play, like, JRPGs? How well does this play? Like, I'm picking genres of games. I mean, when you got, you know, 1,200-something games at this point in my library. Um, <laughs> and do note, that, do note, that's not adding, that's not adding, like, all the epic and GOG and all that crap. Like my, my library makes me cry every time I fire it up. <laughs> uh, last I looked, according to Heroic, there were 578 games between GOG, Epic, and Amazon. On top of the 1100 wow. something, on top of the 1100 something that I have on Steam. <laughs> so you're close to 2000 games then? Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, and then we've got all this stuff that you... Yeah, no, yeah. You're over 2,000 games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever the question, the answer is going to be yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at genres and testing genres on the Steam Deck and see how well they they do. So I'm doing... Like right now I'm doing um, JRPGs. So like I'm doing like Persona 5. I'm doing... Uh, I just nice. got done recording uh, video for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is like one of the more graphically demanding games on it. Mm. And these are all just like out of the box, kind of like I'm not tweaking them. I'm not playing around with them, but I'm trying different categories within Steam. So like, are they playable, unsupported, supported, all that stuff? Like, I'm just trying to see out of my entire library. I think I have 50 games installed right now on the SD and the internal. And that's all JRPGs. These are those super long, like, 30 to 50 hour games that take forever to play. I'm not playing them all. <laughs> this is just, I'm, te- I'm I'm playing them for like an hour just to see, like, how the Steam Deck handles stuff. Because I, I, I got kind of a little irked when I hear, oh, well, the Steam Deck can't handle AAA games now. And it's like, well, it was really never meant to handle AAA games. Maybe at the time of the hardware it was kind of being developed, but... Um, Anyway, enough with the Steam Deck talk because I'm I don't want to bore Wendy to death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I bored you to death with my internet talk. That was that was one heck of a story. <laughs> and, you know, we, we all we all have our stuff that we care about. We don't. Uh, though I do have a game recommendation, and actually I sent that to you, Wendy. It was uh, that World oh. War Two one. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't got to share it with Magneto yet because he's out of yeah, state. Yeah, he's gone. I don't honestly I don't remember the name of the game so I can't even make the recommendation. The game recommendation because you're not going to get away from the show without a game recommendation from me which should be well aware of this is actually similar to the one that I pointed out to you, you off show which was yeah. IS uh, defense. This one is similar in regard but it's all authentic World War II stuff. And it is Beach Invasion 1945 Pacific. So it's just that. Defend from 
planes, trains, and automobiles, and boats, and you know everything in between. It has a demo. I don't know how it plays on Linux. If you want to try and have like kind of a basically like a turret defense game, like that's the best way to explain it. In this is in a World War II setting or a World War II vibe. This is definitely one of those kind of games, and it does have a demo, so it's free to free to try at least. Um, and I don't think the price is like super expensive anyway. But, oh no, it hasn't come out yet. I forgot. That's what. Yeah, that's why yeah, the demo. Yeah, it's still early, early days. Yeah, Q4. Uh, well, supposedly this year. <laughs> but if the so, demo yeah. works just fine, I can see this being a game that Magneto definitely wants to pick up. So we'll see. Not that I would ever, 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 you know, poke at game recommendations your way, Wendy. No, never, not at all. Just like Nate would never, ever, ever, ever not show up for the show. <laughs> right? He's always here. He's here in spirit. <laughs> You're going to want to edit this part out. But what's also in spirit, Wendy, is you being evil. You're very, very sinister. So sinister. I mean, I don't even have the red lights on. I'm actually wearing, like brighter makeup today i don't know where the sinister's coming from it's so nice you're defaultly sinister <laughs> magneto might agree <laughs> the guy who breaks technology just by being handed it to him or by anywhere near in association with it yeah yeah that's the man i'm married to mm -hmm. have been for 18 years yeah i do find the irony in this though you have a person who's a technologist essentially you with a guy who breaks technology. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So here, I got I got one question though. Who breaks more of the tech? Him or the kids? Definitely him. Yeah, definitely him. <laughs> so out of four kids <laughs> Magneto, I'm just saying. Uh, when you break more tech than the children, mm, it might not be the tech that's the problem. <laughs> now it's your turn to toss in your two cents on today's topic. Hit the discourse form or drop us a line under this video or use the contact form by visiting tuxdigital.com slash contact. If you'd like to hang out with us on our preferred social media platform, see the links at the bottom of the show description. And you can find other great shows like Fit and Fuel, Destination Linux, and Linux Saloon, and much more at TuxDigital.com. Show off your love for your favorite podcasts and shows by visiting the Tux Digital merch store. Grab yourself some awesome swag like the gamer-centric I pause my game to be here shirt. Do it every week. Or join hashtag Team Wendy with some sinister Wendy swag. She's really actually sinisterly evil. As always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with another awesome episode of Linux Out Loud. Until then, keep the banner friendly, the conversation somewhat on topic, and have fun doing it. As a side note, I've decided what my Halloween costume is going to be. I'm going as a female version of the devil from Pick of Destiny. <laughs> I would say I'm shocked, but I'm really not. <laughs>